Well, what's up, brother? Hey, how's 75 hard going? What day are you on? I'm on day 17. It's fucking fantastic. Sick. Gaining I might momentum. do I might do it, I might do this forever. <laughs> you're in that you're definitely in the days where it feels like you feel superhuman, right? Yeah, I've never felt this physically fit. It's only been 17 days, but like the like I'm generally hitting it hard, not generally. I'm hitting it hard for both workouts. And so that is definitely uh like I haven't done two days, you know, since I was like playing JV lacrosse in, uh, in high school. And so, uh, that it's, uh, yeah, you feel like a fucking badass. I could tell even just talking to you. I mean, it's, what have you been doing for your workouts? So the, uh, for first workout, I've cycled between a couple of things, but the first one, the one I do most often is I'll, uh, there's a three block hill that's like right outside my apartment. And so I'll run up the hill in stages and uh it's at like a 45 degree angle it's uh it's definitely the hardest hill that i've ever had to run potentially the only hill that i've ever uh, had to run and so then when i get to the top there's this tennis court and then so i'll run wind sprints basically like at like the the top of san francisco on this tennis court until uh i've got like a set number and then each week i increase one more sprint um and then depending on how much time is left I'll then, uh, I have like a circuit of like, um, like walking up and down a hill basically to close it out. That sounds epic. <laughs> yeah. It's fuck. It, it really like, I'm uh, extremely blessed that I live next to like basically the perfect 75 hard workout. And, uh, yeah. And then the second one is, uh, I go to a strength training class that I was telling you about yesterday. And so that, uh, that's just different, uh, different cycles of upper body, lower body. And then they do some conditioning work too. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I'm glad you're crushing it. Full accountability. I, uh, I let my bitch voice get to me last night and, uh, I had a crazy day. I was planning on doing a, a 36 hour fast and I got up to, I don't know what I was at, uh, probably 24 hours. And I had such a tough day and I just gave myself an excuse. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to eat. And uh, I ate and then I wound up having Girl Scout cookies. Not on the plan, but staying accountable to you. I'm staying accountable to the pod. I'm not going to do it again. And I felt like a piece of shit this morning, but uh, onward and upward. So it's all good. (laughs) I think it's important that you stayed accountable there. And I think it's worth noting that you did make it through the exercise of at least doing 24 hours of a fast. And so it sucks not to win and it sucks to set something in your mind and not achieve it. But you did show up in a certain sense of the word. And so I think that that, uh, as far as habit building goes, there uh, there's evidence of your compounded ability to build the habit that you were even there in the first place on a 24-hour fast, which I think probably like, you know, half a percent of people can say that they've done. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I do at least a 24 hour fast every week. I've started yeah, doing it. Don't fuck up again though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I feel, dude, even just after talking to you for a few minutes before we were talking before we started, I just, it really is motivating. I'm super happy we're doing this and I feel I feel accountable and I feel like it's keeping me on a track because 
I have a mission. I have a purpose that I want to fulfill. And um, every time I get off track, it takes me further away from fulfilling that mission and purpose. And every time we do one of these or I talk to you, it brings me closer to that. And uh, so I just wanted to acknowledge that before we even got into anything, Um, you know, shit happens. I I think what you just said is actually the perfect segue for what we were going to talk about today. And so we're going to break down getting out of the matrix, which I think we may have different interpretations of what that means. I think mine's semi-homegrown and there might be like a broader internet discussion on what that actually means. But I think is a starting point, a nugget on what you just said of like having a purpose, making a decision to have a purpose, identifying what that purpose is and getting very clear on that purpose is probably one of the earlier steps in just breaking out of this concept of the matrix. Just to have a purpose in the first place is like one of the critical first steps that you got to take so that your mental framing is in the right place to be breaking out of the matrix, if that makes sense. It does. I think it 100% makes sense. I agree. And I think it would be helpful to maybe we each define what we believe the matrix is, which in my opinion, the matrix is living the narrative that the world wants you to live, which is, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you work 40 hours a week for 40 years to retire on, you know, 40 grand a year or something like that. I mean, basically it's just watch our news channels. Let us feed you this narrative. Um, it's in, it's across schools. It's across careers. It's across politics. It's across entertainment. I think it's across so many different areas of just what, what, what are people trying to, how are they, what are they making easy for you to do? Um, it's easy to eat unhealthy. It's easy to sit back and watch TV. It's easy to do all these things. Basically life makes it easy for you to do all these things that in my opinion, put you into the matrix. So maybe that's not the the clearest definition, but in my mind, that's what it is. So I'm curious what you believe it is. I think we're similar. I think it's, I think you're, I think of most things in the context of narratives because really like everything just is or isn't, but then our entire reality is precipitated on the narratives that we either built for ourselves or let other people or society or historical context build for us. And so I think the matrix is, I think it's actually exactly what you said. And it's this structure of narratives built by society, accumulated over time, that tells you how you should be living your life. And so without like massive directive action internally, to reframe that narrative, you're just going to be going through the motions conditioned based on the narratives that you've been told since basically since birth. And so the brain is, is conditioned, I think, to run on narratives. And so it's very easy to understand how you get stuck in this track because essentially it's just this, it's a lifetime of inputs that have been fed to you and not necessarily, you know, not necessarily against your will, but not 
with your permission, but you've been fed these narratives for life. And so it's actually created this mental construct, this like building inside your brain of just false bullshit about what, how the way things should be. And so I think the, yeah, the matrix is a false narrative that unfortunately everyone gets fed the first, you know, I think now with the dissemination of information, it's changed things a little bit, but you're fed it until you're not, or you have some sort of trigger moment to, to look elsewhere on what the narrative could be. But yeah, I think it's a, and it's an accumulation of narratives. And I think those narratives then set in, and I'm going to rip this off Tom Bilyeu, but a set of limiting beliefs about what can be true. Fair and I think true. that's like, I think that's the most, like that's the crushing thing about this whole thing is that you've now decided what, you haven't decided. Someone's decided for you about what can and can't be true in your life. And so you're on this train track, somebody else's train track with limiting beliefs. That's actually like, a, it's a pretty depressing concept when you think about it. I'm curious when you stopped living. I guess, you know, we're all, not all of us, but for the most part, we are fed the matrix narratives, right? Where, like you're saying, by the way, you described that great. Um, I'm going to have to watch that again and start using that. But um, we we get fed these narratives. And until you look elsewhere, is what you said, We that's how we break it. And I'm curious, what? how do you look elsewhere? How, you know, when did you start looking elsewhere? Did you grow up looking elsewhere? Did you, can you pinpoint a specific moment? Can you think of a, time in your life where you started thinking differently. Um, because if you're, if you're being fed these narratives constantly from birth, how do you get out of it? How do you real? you know what I mean? How do you even realize that what you're thinking is the matrix narrative? I, I think you touch on a good point. And it, the thought that spawned from that is like, you spend long enough in this condition, this like, this matrix condition. And all of a sudden your priorities are dictated by that prior context of the matrix. And so when you think about it like that, it's actually extremely challenging to break out of it because now your values and your priorities are actually a function of all these things that you've been fed. And so when you're talking to yourself about yourself, it's in the context of the matrix. And so you're really like pulling a, a cancerous narrative out of your body that's like glued in because how could it not be? It's the information you're fed, which drives the stories you tell yourself, which then in ultimately is the grounding factor of the priorities and the values that you have. And so I think it ends up, I think there's a seed in everybody of, I want true freedom. And it comes back to this concept of the pain of not doing it overcame the pain of being comfortable within the set of priorities that I had. And so I think I started to recognize that being on the treadmill of my life as it was, it's tough actually to call out. It's a great question. I don't know if I had like a moment of like true bliss where I was like, this is it. But there was like a, like a coming over time, there was just a pattern of like, is this what life is? Where I like what you just, said about the seed. 
like there's a seed that that starts to grow maybe and over time that that seed grew to a point where you decided to take a different look at it and make a different decision i think you're right like yeah it wasn't one big moment but i think we also benefit from today of like 30 years ago there are people out there outside of the matrix living their life in a certain way you don't know even know that exists Today, you don't really have an excuse to say you don't know that it exists in some context. Like, there is an awareness. And so I think the seed is probably planted in more people today than it's ever been. But you have to then cultivate that seed and then also, like, be self-aware that there's a seed and then keep revisiting it. Otherwise, it's, again, like, the pain of acknowledging that there's a problem is going to remain lower than just doing the like doing the same shit over and over again and sticking to comfort well i like yeah and i think to to build off of that you know you when you um so you have a seed and i lost my train of thought but i'm coming i'm bringing it back so you have a seed and you're building it but you're being constantly okay you're being constantly fed these narratives and you have these values and beliefs, but you have a seed that's growing inside of you that makes you start thinking a little differently. Well, it's like we've talked about multiple times, the way to combat these narratives that you've been fed and these stories that you've been told and the information that you've been receiving forever is to start giving yourself new information, new narratives, new stories. And to pinpoint a specific time in my life when that happened, I've had a seed my whole life. I knew that I wanted to do something different. I've known that I didn't want to live in the constructs of normal life since I was a young kid. But I, so I've always had that seed. But that seed didn't grow strong enough for me until I realized that I was stuck in the fucking matrix. And once I realized that, the seed blossomed and I got the urge to do something different. And that's when I began to feed myself new narratives. But it wasn't until that point that I had even fed myself the new narrative. But once I started to give myself different inputs than I had been receiving my whole life, my output started changing. And therefore, I started living a different life that I had envisioned more because I was seeking out the information rather than just listening to whatever was told to me. And like to your point, now we have so much information out there that if you have that seed and you just want to seek it out, you can do it and you can find anything that you want to at any time. And I think that's kind of how it, at least for me, it happened. Um, and I, I'm sure that there's some ways that I still live inside the matrix, but I definitely think outside of it for the most part. I don't grow my own food yet or anything like that, but shit, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the mindset mogul commune, uh, circa 2024. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think you touched on something important there. And I think each of our episodes, we end up dialing into something tactical in nature or like, how do you, how do you take this ambiguous concept of mindset and then tie it to something that feels a little more real or how can I apply it on my daily basis? And when you realize, let's just say you're 25 and you're like, that's probably around when like 
my seed started blossoming. You figure you got, you have 25 years of bad narratives that are stacked up in your brain. And so just like, you can consider that like, okay, it's the same type of thing if you're overweight. You've got 25 years of like bad eating habits that have now accumulated up into this point. Well, the solution now is daily practice of changing those narratives, being highly aware of what those narratives are, and then working to make sure that every new narrative is in service of the life that you want to live. And so I think just having, as we're talking about it, like that first key and having that awareness in the first place opens this door to start doing practical things to be outside of the matrix, which all starts inside your head. And it all starts with the narratives that you're telling yourself. And so you have this opportunity on a daily basis, even if it's just for 10 minutes, to frame it as what would the narrative be in my head if I wasn't living in the matrix? How would I talk to myself about what I can achieve if I wasn't conditioned to think that I can't achieve these things? You can just take the opposite. I can achieve these things. How, what would it look like for me to actually go and do that? And all of a sudden you've got an, you step into a new room in your mind of it's not, I can't achieve them. It's here's, what I can do to go achieve them. And I think that that is just hearing you talk, like that's a tactical way. And I think in future episodes and content that we put out, we'll get even more hyper-tactical about changing those narratives in your mind. So you said, I love how you said, you know, I can't to I can, because when I started feeding myself new knowledge and gave myself new inputs, um, I watched a video where, you know, he's whoever I was watching said, stop saying I can't because the reality is you can, you just don't want to. And since that day, I have never said I can't. And if I do say it, I correct myself and I don't say, I say, you know what? No, I could, but it's not a priority right now. Or I could, but I don't feel like doing all these things necessary that I would need to do to get there. But it's a difference of saying, I'm not willing to do it, then I can't do it. Because just the idea of knowing you could, if you wanted to, is the most important thing. Whether or not you decide to do it is another thing, but just knowing you can is the first step. Without thinking you can and having that limiting belief, you're never even going to attempt it or even consider the fact that you could do it. So that's a huge factor right there is just getting rid of your negative, your limiting beliefs that you tell yourself in your head of, I can't make a million dollars a year. I can't find, you know, a great relationship. I can't lose 50 pounds. I can't, you know, go to, you know, whatever on Friday night. Like there's so many different scenarios where people say I can't. And I love calling people out. Like I, I call my mom out constantly. She'll always be <laughs> like, I can't do this. I'll be like, no, you're not willing to. And, uh, it's, it's been a game changer, man. I mean, so sorry, I just went off on a little tangent there, but, um, you know, that reframing is really powerful. Well, I think these are like the most important things because it goes from like, how do I change my mindset to like, no, literally every time you say the word can't stop yourself and then say you're not willing to do it because your subconscious is constantly listening to that. Your brain is just this, 
it just feeds you back what you feed it. And that includes your thoughts, probably most importantly, your thoughts. Like it's important to get external inputs to get shit changing. Like that's a great like fire starter. But at the end of the day, like the war is won on the thoughts that you tell your, like your own internal thoughts, the things you're telling yourself. And so for you to change that language is for you to change entirely how your mind thinks. And every time you get it right, it's a vote for you being outside the matrix. Every time you catch yourself, it's a vote for you being outside the matrix. And every time you just let it slide and decide not to be proactive, that's a vote in the opposite direction. So I think what you actually said, like, therein lies all of the power is like in that moment to choose to be, to reframe. And so I think uh, like on a daily basis, like that's so empowering that that is just literally something you can do to change, it literally change the narrative. Yeah, you are your thoughts. And, you know, I realize, by the way, I keep telling so many stories and I don't want to sound egotistical or whatever that I keep talking about myself, but I'm saying this because the only way you know, one of the episodes ago, we said only seek out advice from people who are in a position that you want to be in. And the only way that I know these things is because I've done it in my own life. I won't even speak about something that I haven't done in my own life because I can't give you the answer on how it's done. But I was just watching a podcast earlier where he he mentioned this and I've noticed myself do it multiple times since we've been talking. And I actually think it's a good thing. And it's why I always ask you about a specific moment in your life when you could think about it because I'm literally giving you exactly what I did. I can't tell you what you should do or what Brad did or what, you know, whoever did. I can only tell you what I did and what worked for me. Brad can only tell you what he did and work for you. And I think it's important just to understand that we all have our own processes and we're just going to tell you specific moments in our life where we used this tactical guidance to pull ourselves out of or or gain whatever we wanted to from that moment. Uh, so I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to acknowledge that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's huge. Like we're experts in what works for us, but things have worked for us. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to share. And I think... Uh, you can take, I think you can use these things to build your own tool book of things that might also help you. And I That's think it's, it. it's also how we got to this state in the first place is listening to other people, what worked for them, and then applying it to our own lives. And in certain cases, tweaking it so that it fits how things work for me that much better. And I think it is pretty universal for the most part. I just always listen to my, I, I listen to, I hear myself say, I, 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 and I start thinking about it. And I realize that it is pretty much universal. I mean, if you watch Tony Robbins, Ed Milet, Tom Bilyeu, everybody's going to say something a little bit different. Everybody has a little bit of a different personality, but at the same time, everybody's pretty much saying the same thing. And it's stuff that we if we dig deep down, we kind of know. We just need to be reminded of it. We need to open our mind to it. And we need to be reminded of it every single day so that we actually live it. And uh, like you can do anything. It's something that we should be reminded of every single day because how many times a day do we say I can't? I know I used to say it every single day before I stopped. So yeah, but I know you have a hard stop. Do you got to go? 
I got to run, but this, uh, this was great. And I think, uh, you know it, but your mind doesn't know it. And so that is why doing these things like multiple times a day, listening to the right stuff, hearing it from different angles and hearing it over and over again is actually how you win the war in your mind. It is a daily process. It is a daily battle that you can win, but if you, your mind is not set to win. You need to, you need to fill it with the right things, which start with external and then moves to internal thoughts. And then that's how you get there. So I, uh, yeah, I guess I just felt like I needed to have the last word there. Boom. We'll end it uh, on that. That was great. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Everybody subscribe, leave a comment, do all the duties. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.